and I love that new song. Um, it's kind of right where I find myself a lot of times because uh, life can uh, be painful at times, and uh, it can be full of strife. It can be full of turmoil, uh, and it can uh, be full of stress, particularly the first week back uh, to school. And it can feel like life at times can feel like just one airplane ride of turbulence, right? It's just turbulence after turbulence after turbulence. And, and every single one of us, we desperately want a rock that we can hold on to. Every single one of us, we desperately want an anchor that will anchor us when, when life gets out of control. Every single one of us wants something to help us and guide us through life's storm. And that's what prayer is. That prayer is that rock which we can hold on to. Prayer is that anchor that holds us when, storm, when the storms of life hit. That, that prayer is that guide that helps us navigate life's storms. And, and knowing God uh, through prayer is the way that you and I find peace in life. Okay, we all want peace. Sign us up for that. But prayer, knowing God through prayer is the way to find that peace that every one of our hearts crave. That knowing God through prayer is the anchor that we need to, to hold us and sustain us through the chaos of life. And more than anything else, what, what you and I need to navigate our days, rather good or bad, whether joyful or painful, what you and I need more than anything else is a personal relationship with the Father. What you and I need more than anything else in our life is an intimacy with the, with the author and creator and sustainer of life. And that's what we get through prayer. And Jesus, as we're going through this, the book of John, and uh, we've been in John chapter 14 for a couple weeks. We're going to be in John chapter 14 one more week after this week. Um, but Jesus only kind of, he mentions prayer in passing, just, just briefly in John chapter 14. Yet, yet it's in this, these three verses. We're only going to look at three verses today. Now, don't think the sermon's any shorter, okay? Uh, but we only get three verses this morning. Uh, but we get all the guidelines that you and I need for prayer. Let me just give them to you up front, and then we'll unpack them as we go on. But the, the three guidelines that we see in these three simple verses this morning in John chapter 14 is the power of prayer, the purpose of prayer, and the conditions of prayer. Now, I feel like I let you guys down, okay, by not having three Ps, okay? We could, I, I just really couldn't come up with one uh, with a third P. And then during our, our, uh, our production meeting this morning before we prayed, you know, the band started helping me out a little bit and said, well, what about the prerequisites of prayer? What about the parameters of prayer? And they just kept going. And I'm like, well, you guys ought to be preachers, not, not, not musicians. Uh, but we're going to go with the conditions of prayer because that's what uh, I, I'm not talented enough to switch it on the fly like this. I'm a control freak. And this is what I've prepped, okay? So we're going to stay with the conditions of prayer, but maybe you can come up with another P and kind of give it to me between the service, and then I'll kind of maybe make some notes about, we'll make it better for the second service. So uh, if you have your Bibles, John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14, we're only going to look at three verses, um, but we see these three guidelines when it comes to prayer. And prayer is the way we get to know God. It's the way we get to have this peace. It's the way we get to have the anchor. It's the way we get to have this, uh, this guide uh, during the storms 
of life. And so let's, let's just start out by looking at the power of prayer in verse 12. It says, very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus talking. We're still at the Lord's Supper. It's still the, the, last, uh, the last time he's going to have a meal uh, before the cross uh, with his disciples. It's one last teaching time for him, um, for with the disciples. He's washed at the disciples' feet. He's told them a new command I give you. I want you to love one another the way I've loved you. Uh, and now he's just going to kind of, in passing, talk about prayer. And he says, very true, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to be with the Father. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people will read these three verses and they'll take these three verses completely out of context. And unfortunately, preachers who should know better take these three verses way out of context. And the proper context for these three verses is found in the entire chapter, okay? If we want to know the context, the background, what Jesus is really talking about here, we have to read the entire chapter of John chapter 14 to truly understand what he means, what he's saying here. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week about John chapter, the first part of 14. We're going to be in the middle next week. We're going to talk about the end of 14. So we'll get the context. But, but just for today's sake, let me kind of give it to you, spoiler alert for next week. But what Jesus is saying here is I'm going to be, I'm going to go be with my father. Okay, I'm, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to be with my father. And I'm going to sit at the right hand of my father and I'm going to rule over the universe. But don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you an advocate. We'll talk about that word next week. And his name, he's the Holy Spirit. And, and, and as a result of you having the Holy Spirit in you, the Spirit of God in you, you are going to be, you're going to be able to do greater things than I have. And when you do whatever you do, do it in my name. And Jesus says, I am the king. I'm the king of the universe. And I'm going to go sit on my throne and I'm going to rule over the universe. <clears throat> and one day I'm going to come back. And I'm going to rid the world of everything that I oppose, I'm opposed to and everything that I hate. I'm going to rid the world of, of sickness, of disease, of death once and for all. Um, I'm going to rid the world of racism and poverty and, and everything else that robs us of the life that we were intended to have. And through your prayers, he says to the disciples, my kingdom's going to be released into the earth. Now, so, so, so what we see there is that somehow, some way, our prayers matter. Somehow, some way, our prayers change things. And I, and I know when we, you know, when I say that, some of us are thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I, I know all about that, okay? I've heard this, you know, this sermon preached, okay? So I'm just going to kind of go to my grocery list because um, I've heard pastors talk about this. I've heard, you know, I know all the promises of prayer. <clears throat> I know all the promises of prayer. I know, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, if I have the faith of a mustard seed, I can move mountains. I know whatever I ask in your name that you're going to do. I know all this. But the problem, pastor, is I've prayed for things and it didn't work out for me. And, I, <clears throat> and the first thing, I mean, I'm right there with you. I've prayed for things too that didn't work out. We'll get to that. Second thing, I'm really sorry that, that you've had pastors and people you trust take these verses 
out of context and set us up for disappointment. But here's the key to the, the, the power of prayer. The power of prayer is found in the context of the purpose and the conditions of prayer. And for us to discover the real power of prayer, we have to look at the context for, for the purpose and the condition of prayer. So let's just go ahead and do that. Let's look at the purpose of prayer, okay? Let's go back to verse 12. He says, very, Jesus says, very truly I, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to be, I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, we want to stop right there, okay? We want to grab on to that, that phrase that, okay, Jesus just said, he'll do whatever we ask. And, and so when we, when we have that mindset of prayer, we start treating, like prayer, we start treating prayer like this, like this Christmas wish, like this Amazon wish list, like this you know, divine uh, complaint department. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Okay, he's saying, um, let's go back, and he says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to be with the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that, okay, let's underline that. Let's say that together. So that, let's say everybody, I know it's the early service, but let's say those two words together. So that, because in that little phrase, we're about to discover the, the, the purpose of prayer. Okay, that we're about to discover the purpose of what Jesus is saying. Okay, so get ready. We're, we're going to come back to that. We're going to set. I'm going to set you up on that. He says, "So uh, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son." We just discovered the purpose. A prayer so that the Father will be glorified. So the overarching purpose, the overarching reason for prayer is to glorify the Father. Now we've all seen the moon, right? And the moon is this tiny rock in retrospect uh, that is orbiting around the earth, okay? The earth is the center of the moon and the earth, the, the, the moon orbits around the earth, okay? Now, what would happen, okay, let's go back to, is it eighth grade science? Maybe some of you science teachers, maybe we hadn't got there yet. Uh, but, uh, but what would happen if the moon decided, hey, I don't want the earth to be my center of gravity anymore. I don't want to, you know, uh, orbit around the earth. I want to do my own thing. What would happen is there would be catastrophic consequences, if that were to happen. Well, as we read the entire Bible, what you and I discover is you and I were created by God and we were created for God. That we were created to glorify God. And that word glory, glorify, it means weight. It literally means weight. To glorify something is to make it the center of our gravity. To glorify something is to make it the center of our gravity. To glorify something is to say that as we weigh everything else in life, as we, as we evaluate everything else in life, glorifying God is the heaviest. 
Uh, glorifying God is the weightiest. Glorifying God is most important. Glorifying God is I survey and as I take assessment of everything that's going on in my life, that, that glorifying God, my relationship with God outweighs everything else. Now, now there's, there, there, there's going to be other important suits and other important things. I get that, okay? There's going to be other valuable things. There's going to be things that bring us pleasure. There's going to be things that are fun. There's going to be things that are adventurous. There's going to be, be things that we enjoy doing that bring meaning to life. But uh, as we survey all of that, our relationship with God has to be the heaviest. It has to be the center of our lives. And if we move away from that, there could be catastrophic consequences. Because you and I, We were created to glorify God. We were created by God and we were created for God. And the purpose of prayer is to recenter our our, our center of gravity, is to recenter our lives around the Father and give the Father the weight that he deserves. Glorifying Glorifying the Father comes before anything else. Have you ever thought about the, the Lord's Prayer? And we recite it from time to time. But have you ever looked at all the lines and realized that two-thirds of the Lord's Prayer is about God and his kingdom? Before we ever get to asking God for anything, before we ever get to ask God to do anything, it's about him and his kingdom. So before we get to give us today our daily bread, it's our Father that we're reminding ourselves who we're talking to in heaven, hallowed be your name, okay? That your name is most important. Your name is the highest name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So far, we haven't gotten to anything about our day. We haven't gotten to anything about us just yet because we're recalibrating, we're recentering our hearts and our minds and our souls on the Father, you know, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now we can say, give us today our daily bread. See, prayer refocuses, it recenters our hearts and our lives to who God is and what he has done for us. Now, I get it, it's easy. It's easy to flip that and go, let's just go, you know, for the sake of time, let's get straight to give us today our daily bread. It's real easy to get to, you know, the other pursuits of life. And they're not, they're not wrong pursuits, okay? I mean, the pursuit of financial gain, that's not a wrong pursuit, okay? Money is not, it's not a bad thing, okay? But when we make money the source of our security, of the amount that we have, or if we make money our ultimate result and, and then we start you know, lying on the deals that we're doing to have a bigger profit margin or we start taking advantage of other people, well, then it becomes, and then it starts to outweigh God. Relationships, relationships are not a bad thing. We were wired for relationships and we want people to accept us and, 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 and approve of us. But, but when we want their acceptance and approval more than the approval and acceptance of God, then we start to compromise our values. Maybe it's significance or power or, or title or position and there's nothing wrong with those things. 
Because when we talk about the first week in the, in the Lord's Supper, when you're the most important person or the most powerful person in the room, and sooner or later, every single one of us find ourselves in that situation, that we're the most powerful person in the room, what are we gonna do with that position? Jesus shows us that we're to leverage our position for the sake of others. But when we want the position for ourselves and we start using the people around us and we start ignoring the people who love and count on us the most, well, then that becomes weightier than the glorifying God. When we make anything the center of our lives, there's always going to be destruction of self. We get to this Lord's Prayer, before we ever get to anything about us, it's all about recalibrating and recentering our, our lives, our hearts, our minds around who God is and what he's done for us. So, so let's just get real practical. We get angry because someone has hurt us or betrayed us. And, and we're, you know, we're fine Christian people. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer because God says to pray for others. And so we're going to say, God, would you just cause terror and wrath to rain down on this? Per-? No, I mean, that's not how we pray. That's how we want to pray, right? Uh, we want destruction to come on them, the same destruction they've you know, brought on us, but that's not how Jesus tells us to pray. So, so what we do is we, we need to recenter our hearts around the Father, and, and so when we're angry or depressed because we've been betrayed, we start to say, you know, we immediately want to say, Lord, make me feel better, but that's not how prayer works. What we need to do is go to the Father and begin to think about who, what Jesus has done for us. We need to begin to think about and see in Scripture how Jesus uh, forgave those who betrayed him. We need to think in our own lives how Jesus forgives us when we betrayed him. And, and, and once we've done that and thought about who Jesus is and allow that to wash over our hearts and our minds and our souls, we can go to the Father and say, please help me forgive this person the way you have forgiven me. See the purpose of prayer? We pray into our hearts the wisdom and greatness and power. And then we bring our problem to God. And and we use the Bible to help us do that. That's why consistent moments in the word are so important. So so let's just say we have this problem, okay? Whatever your problem is, we're holding it in here. But let's let's get real practical. Um, And let's just use the first um, 14 verses of John chapter 14 we're going to use the word to help us how to pray, what I would do is I would go through and I would circle all the different names or characteristics of God that I can find in this scripture. And so what I've circled, I've circled Lord a couple of times. Um, I've circled son one time, but 12 times in 14 verses, I've circled father. So as I look at the first 14 verses of John chapter 14, what quality or characteristic do you think Jesus is trying to get across to us? He's trying to get across that God is a what? Father. Okay, so I still got this problem that's causing me stress and anxiety, but I'm gonna go to the word first and I'm gonna remind my heart, my mind, and my my soul who God is and I'm using the word, the, the word of God and so I'm zeroing in on Father. Now I'm going to start to think, what what are the qualities of a father? A father is kind. 
A father is strong. A father is protective. A father is, is generous. A father wants what's best for his children. You're like, Mark, I got to make a decision. I got this problem. I, I don't have time for this. Well, what we're doing is we're remembering who God is and what he's doing. We're recentering. So that by the time we get to the problem, the problem has been, has been decentralized. It's been, it, it, it's, it, it's been um, downgraded against when we put it up against who God is and what he has done for us. Because we use the word to help us, to help us recalibrate and recenter and give God the weight and all of a sudden, we start to see God is bigger than this problem. It doesn't mean the problem is not a big deal and it doesn't hurt and it, you know, all those kinds of things. But we are reminded as we remind ourselves, it's called preaching to ourselves, that, that, that we are reminded of who God is and what he's done. And before I ever get to the problem, then I'm going to start to think, okay, how has God been a good, kind, perfect, loving, generous, protective Father who wants everything good for me. How's he been for that for me in the past? Oh yeah, he's been that for me in the past and that. And here's that reason, here's that reason. And if he was that for me in the past, he's certainly gonna be that for me now. Now God, I bring this problem. Father, here's what's pressing on my heart. The purpose of prayer is not to get God to see things our way. The purpose of prayer is for you and I to see God, period. It's to see God and to see things his way. And that brings us to our final guideline of prayer is the conditions of prayer. So Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son and you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. There's two conditions of prayer. There's two conditions of going to Jesus in his name, going to the Father in the name of Jesus. And the first condition is when we go to the Father, we go to the Father with no other recommendations or credentials. We go to the Father with no other recommendations or credentials other than we are his children. Remember last week when, when Jesus said in, in verse 6, you can go back and look at it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And we, sometimes we'll read that and we're like, who does Jesus think he is? How exclusive, how arrogant can that, can that verse be? Who does Jesus think he is? But let me tell you how loving that verse is. Not one single person, not, one, not none of us would want to go and stand before the Father without Jesus. We'll talk about that next week. Because if we go and we stand on our own credentials, our own record, our own you know, good deeds, those will not be enough. They will not help us in the presence of the Father. So we have to go in the name of Jesus. We have to go through faith in Jesus Christ. 
And so our only, our only credentials, our only recommend, recommendation does not come from our merit, our performance, our potential. We come to the Father based on our faith in the performance of Jesus alone and the faith that Jesus lived the life we cannot live and he died the death that we deserve. That's, that, that's condition number one. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus through faith in Jesus. Condition number two, and this is the hard one, and this one takes time is we have to want what Jesus wants. We have to want what Jesus wants. See, see, to go in someone else's name, we have to want what they want. Uh, it's kind of like, guys, when, when you send a buddy to see if a girl likes you or not, remember those days, all right? So I was in fifth grade, and... Uh, I met the one. She was the cutest fourth grade girl that I'd ever seen. Her name was Marty. And I sent my friend Eric as my representative. And as I told Eric what I wanted him to say and what I wanted him to do, Eric tried to talk me out of this monumental decision in, in, in my 12 years of, of life. And he started telling me everything, the re, all the reasons why I should not make this decision, why I should not want to be a, you know, make Marty my, my, my girlfriend, all right? But after much argument and, you know, much uh, going back and forth, Eric went on my behalf as my representative. It did not go well for me. In fact, I want to update you that Marty and Eric just celebrated their 28th wedding anniversary. <laughs> so to be a representative, you have to want what they want. We have to want what Jesus wants. And that's hard because you and I, let's just be honest, we want what we want. Any control freaks in the room? I'm the only one, okay? All right, great. We've got a support group after the, no. We want what we want. We think we know what's best. But one of the conditions of prayer is that we have to want what Jesus wants. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray, Lord, more than what I want, I want what you want. To pray in the name of Jesus, we, we have to come to the realization that this is what I want and this is what I think is good, but, but God, I know that you know what's good for me. God, I know that you know what's best for me and that's what I want and I trust you. That. We don't get there just because we came to church today. But isn't it true? Isn't it true? That if we truly knew what was best in every situation, it would change the way that you and I prayed. Isn't it true that if we knew everything that God knew, saw everything that God sees, 
it would change what we asked for. Here's the deal. Here's the good news. Our Father in heaven answers every prayer knowing what's best for us. And here's the really good news. He gives us what we would have asked for if we knew everything he knew. As the band comes and gets ready to lead us in this time of really surrender, I get it. That's a hard pill to swallow because because we start to ask the question, well, why didn't God intervene here? Why did God allow this to happen? Why, why, did the, why did the lab results come back with this report? And we pray, we pray, God, please do, don't do this. God, how can this be good for me? How can this be best for me? God, would you please heal her? I prayed those prayers. I prayed those prayers for my first wife, and he didn't answer the way I wanted it to be answered. And it's in that moment that his word is so important because his word says that His ways are higher than my ways. That his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His word says that he sees things for all eternity past. And he sees things for all eternity future. And he's not working in this one little snapshot of life. But he sees how this impacts the people around. And the next generation. And the next generation. And the next generation. I have no idea how that's good and I have no idea how that's best but God I trust you because you are a kind loving compassionate protecting want what's best for me Father so I'm just going to trust because that's all I can Caleb read it earlier. God works all things for the good. All things, not some things, not a few things. Somehow, some way, God works all things for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. That's what we surrender. That's what prayer offers us. It's that peace that we long for, that we desperately need. Prayer offers us, it opens up a highway for us to know intimately and personally our Father in heaven. Hallelujah.